0: Mark. Okay, we took a hiatus. Is that a, is that the right word, Miss Donna? Is that right? A hiatus. Yes. All right. Close enough. Yes. Do, okay. Close enough. All right. Good. I did teach English. Believe it or not. All right. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's right. He was in my class a couple of years. All right. That that means he had to retake it. I'm just playing. No, I actually have him different grades. Is that right? No, I have different grades. All four grades. Oh, four grades. Oh my gosh. Bless me, Lord. All right. I made it. See, God has got miracles. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Ooh, um, it, well, we are back in March, as you can see, and I got my uh, my beautiful daughter back there helping me out, and Miss Rhonda's place. So thank you, Kaylin. Um, she's going to help me uh, as, as you see to work up the stuff on the screen. So are are you all familiar? And I have to admit that I was not for a while, and I thought it was weird whenever my students would ask me, or they would say, or just hearing it on on the radio, or or seeing it on TV. And they they're talking about this idea of who's the goat. You know, and for the first time, like, was anyone else confused? Yeah. Like, I was like, what are they calling like somebody who's not not good a goat? Like a like a bad goat? Or, you know, and so, and, and I was like, what are you talking about the goat? And then and I realized, um, you know, shortly after, they were talking about capital letters goat, like G O A T, and it stands for Greatest of All Time, all right? Yeah. And so they would have these disc- these discussions sometimes in class or on whatever you know TV, whatever about who's the who's the goat like in excuse me, like in sports especially, um, you know, is it, um, the big one was LeBron versus Kobe. That was a big one in my class for a long time. And then, you know, students would get fighting mad on that. Like they would get mad. You know, the LeBron fans would get mad if you said Kobe, and Kobe fans would get mad if you said LeBron. And then if I said MJ, you know, then there was like then a whole other discussion came about if I said Michael Jordan, you know, or, uh, you know, which I, you know, wasn't even a huge fan of his, but he was, he was still pretty great. Um or Tom Brady versus Joe Montana, or any other quarterback you want you want to throw in there, Peyton Manning, or whatever. Babe Ruth versus uh, Hank Aaron, or or how about my um, my my uh, NASCAR fans? You know Jeff Gordon or Dale Earnhardt, right? Okay, yeah, I don't know. Okay, all right. So uh, and, and so the greatest of all, of all time in um, and, and that's a that's obviously a big discussion. Well, it's kind of funny to me, or kind of interesting to me, I guess is the word. To, to find out as I was studying uh, this passage that, they, that we weren't the first people who did that. You know, we weren't the first people who had the discussion on who's the greatest. Uh, in, in fact, you're going to find that out soon. Uh, the rabbis would talk about this apparently pretty often, pretty regularly. What was the greatest of all time? Because it the greatest of all time as far as the greatest commandment. And so that's where we're going today. So in our passage today, Jesus is approached by a scribe. And um, he appears to be more authentic and well-meaning uh, and pure intentions than what we've seen so far in, in, in the book of Mark, okay? So I need you to, to come with that angle, okay? That it, it, he's not, it's not like an, um, the ones that we've talked many times about, okay, who are trying to trap Jesus and, and have different intentions. This person doesn't seem to have that at all, okay? He seems very well-meaning, and he approaches with the question, what is the greatest commandment? What is the GOAT commandment? Okay, so that's where we are today. So if you'll read with me, uh, starting in uh, verse 28, that's where we are in Mark chapter 12. All right, and it says, it reads as follows. One of the scribes approached, right? Is it up there, babe? There we go. Oh, and that's our our, uh, central statement. My bad, I didn't read it. All right. Jesus says that the greatest commandment is that the Lord is one. We should love the Lord our God completely, and we should love others as ourselves. Okay, so Mark 12, verse 28. um, One of the scribes approached when he heard them debating and saw that Jesus answered them well. He asked him, which command is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, listen Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. Does that sound familiar? I read it earlier today. Okay. Um, the second is, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, You are right, teacher. You have correctly said that he is one and there is no one else except him. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is far more important than all the, all the burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And no one dared to answer to question him any longer. And so, again, this episode is different because the intentions uh, are more pure. Uh, This particular scribe um, approached Jesus on his own, which right there shows you something, okay? Because a lot of times in the past, and we'll be reading through Mark, they come in groups. You know, they come in groups and try to catch Jesus and what he was saying, right? This person comes by himself. Okay, he comes by himself, alone, not in a group. And, and like I, as, I was, as I referred to a few moments ago, um, the rabbis, they had this discussion okay, about what is the greatest, what's the goat, okay, what is the goat commandment. Um, they had counted 613 commandments, okay, 365 prohibitions, things you're not supposed to do, and then 248 positive commands, a total of 613 commandments in the book of Moses, and they used to discuss which of these was the greatest. Right, so the same way that we would, that our students would do uh, in class and say, "Who you know is it LeBron versus Kobe," all right, same type thing where these people, uh, where, where these rabbis discuss, "What's the greatest commandment?" Oh, I think it's this one. Oh, I think it's that one. And they have these debates, uh, along with also trying to summarize the law's demands. And so whenever Jesus answers this question, he repeats what is what is called as the Shema. Okay, the Shema, S-E-H, excuse me, S-H-E-M-A. And then he adds one about loving your neighbor. So let me go back and, and read and read uh, some of the Shema, okay? Actually, all of it, okay? Uh, here's the Shema, and we read it earlier, but we're going to go back and read it again. So De- Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 and 5. And this, this is a great verse, a uh, great verse here. It said, Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Okay. Again, this is called a Shema, and, and where they get the word Shema is because Shema is um, it means here in Hebrew. So, so the first word, verse four, listen, that's Shema. Okay, and so they call this all through history in Israelite history. They've called this portion of Scripture the Shema. Uh, in fact, it it it's became a common prayer that was repeated by faithful Jews twice a day. Okay, in the morning and the evening. And guess what? There's still Jews that that do that to this day. All right? To this day, they still do that. They still repeat the Shema twice a day. Okay? Um, let's, so let's look at, at that because Jesus, Jesus says, yeah, that, that, that's, that's right. That's, that's awesome right there. That's the, that's the one. So number one, the Lord God is one. Uh, Mark 12, 29 says, Jesus answered, the most important is listen, Israel. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. And when, when we look at this idea uh, of, of one, we see two things from that statement. Okay? We see unity and we see a covenant relationship of God. With, this, with the Jewish people, okay? And so, uh, let's look at unity, okay? The idea of one true God, okay? Um, and again, it, it, this is no different uh, than the Holy Trinity, okay? Um, and so, listen, Shema, all right? Can I say that today? If I say listen, that work, all right? Okay, Shema, as I read a few passages that speak of God being one, all right? Let, let the scriptures just kind of wash over you. First Corinthians 8, verse 6, Yet for us there is one God. Right? The Father. All things are from Him and we exist for Him. And there is one Lord, Jesus Christ. All things are through Him and we exist through Him. Amen? Right? And it's okay. And this this these scriptures are preached a whole lot better than me, I might So y'all y'all be well y'all feel welcome to say Amen. Ephesians 4 6. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. Okay? One God. First Timothy one seventeen. Now to the king, to the king, not kings. To the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. First Timothy two, five also says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man, Christ Jesus. Isaiah 44.8 says, Do not be startled or afraid. Have I not told you and declared it long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any God but me? There is no other rock. I do not know any. I'm the only one. Isaiah 45:22 says, Turn to me and be saved. All the ends of the earth for I am God and there is no other. Okay? Athanasius said, Since God is one, it is ridiculous to suppose that there could could be still another Lord of heaven and earth in addition to the Lord who is one. There is simply no room for a second Lord of all if the one true God fills all things in the compass of heaven and earth. I, I, there, there's no room for another one. Okay? Um, it's like, you know, there's only one, only one uh, room in my heart, you know, and that's for sports. And as far as college goes, it's the Gators. I'm sorry. All right. You're, you're shaking your head. All right. Uh, so, so unity. We have, again, and, and the idea of, of, of one true God. Because there's not multiple. All right, and then the second one is the covenant relationship. Right? The Lord, our God. Okay? The Lord, our God. Don't, that, that's, the, that's where we're going there and I uh, added up there so I believe it is up there all right Isaiah 43 let me read that to you verses 1 through 3 okay you're doing great If you'll go to that there it is awesome okay so now this is what the Lord says all right? the one who created you Jacob and the one who formed you Israel okay. which before we move on interesting and mr. Andy Jordan actually noted that noted this this morning uh, and something sent out that using both his names, both names of Jacob. Because you know? Jacob was a trickster. right? And then he changed the name to Israel. So isn't it great that, that he, you know, he, he doesn't disown his children. Amen? And he said that this morning. I'm thankful that God does not disown his children. And even when, when Jacob messed up, he still redeemed them and took care of them. Right? And he uses both names in, the, in this scripture here. He said, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. You are mine. Right, listen, this promise is not just for the Israelites. It's for us as well. Right, Miss right, That, that yeah, I have called you by name. You are mine. I will be with you when you pass through the waters, when you pass through the rivers. They will not overwhelm you. You will not be scorched when you walk through the fire, and the flame will not burn you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, and your Savior. I mean, I, I'm reminded uh, so many times by my daughters that they are mine. All right, Right, Sally? Right, they'll do something. like, that's definitely my kid. That never happened with you, right, Mr. J. Right, I mean, You know, that's definitely mine. That's, that's my girl. That's my boy. Okay. Uh, and sometimes, of course, it's said, said in jest, you know, when when one of them up here in the front kind of acts silly. And they say, we can tell that's your your girl. And I say, amen. You're exactly right. Amen. Um, but it, it, I've redeemed you. I've called you my name. You are mine. So he is Israel's God. God had a, had a special covenant relationship with these people from way on back. But it's also again for us as re- as well, and, and as He has extended that covenant relationship with us, Romans one sixteen sa- says it here: For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because its power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. So, so my my question here is: When it says is the Lord our God, is He your God? Now that's uh you probably knew I was going to go there as a, as a preacher, all right? But but is He your God? See. Is, is, he, is he your parents' God? Is he your, your granddad's God? Is he your, your grandma's God? Right. Is he your friend's God, or is he your God? Right. See, that's that's the if I if you don't answer or hear anything else today, right? You need to answer that question, right. Because the old the old saying you can't you can't get in to heaven on your on somebody else's faith. Right. We will all stand for the justice of God. Amen. So what 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 about us? And, and it's great to have a legacy of faith, Amen. I'm so, I'm I'm thankful. I, I, God, it's just so funny how God works. I just started um, go looking through my Bibles. I have Sally will tell you I have this problem of buying Bibles, all right? Which is if I have a you know, which is that's actually a good thing, I guess. But I was just like, oh, I, I just I like that Bible. Okay, and, and and Books a Million has a, has a lot of at a good price, by the way. You you wouldn't expect that, but Books a Million has good prices on Bibles. But anyway, uh, and I'll see when oh, I got to have that, you know. But then I'll keep I'll continue to go back to this one, you know. And but about every Sunday I'll pull out about two or three Bibles, and I'm like, I think I'll use that one today, and then I'll still use this one, you know. But I got the it, I went into a wormhole in my office this morning, and and I was looking at my first Bible I had a picture on the front of it, you know, it was about this big, and I still have it. You know, and, and then I had this blue one, little light blue, <clears throat> light blue Bible, and it folded, and it and it had a, and it you could, had a button on it, you know. And I'm like, and I said, "Oh my goodness, man, I forgot that Bible." And I opened it up, and, and I saw I got it on when I, uh, December of 1984. And I was like, "Wow, I'm glad that the dates is in there," you know. And I didn't do that for past, but I wish I would have done it with all of them, Miss Jan, you know. And I, I looked, I was like, "Wow, that's so awesome, man." I was 11 and a half years old, and I got it on Christmas morning. You know, and, and I can remember, and I looked through, and I and, and I actually took some notes uh, in there. You know, I was like, oh man, and, and just, but I did that because my mom did it. You know, I, I saw her do it, right? And so, it, it you know, that legacy is still very important. But that, that covenant relationship that we see in this first part of the Go commandment that got, that Jesus tells them, said, what's the greatest? Well, the Lord our God, uh, listen, Shema, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Again that indicates the unity and the covenant relationship that he has with his people. Amen? All right. So remember that. When you're when you're kind of drifting sometimes, remember that God has you, He sees you. Okay? He's the Lord. And hopefully you can say He's the Lord your God. Amen, the Lord our God. So Jesus says that the greatest commandments that the Lord is one, the second one, we should love the Lord our God completely. And so, uh, I, I could have I probably could have um, done this longer when I studied. Like I probably could have like came, you know, written down a bunch more of these because they were so funny to me. Um, but you know if you look up things like what do funny what do uh, the funny things kids say about love. Alright. Um, they're, they're pretty hilarious. And so you get a chance. Just search that sometimes. Because it, it, you, you'll, you'll get some enjoyment out of it. But I only pick like four or five. Okay. Alright. Um, and so uh, on on this question a, a, a five year old named Tom in answer to to this on the proper age to get married. Okay, proper age, get married. Tom, age five, says, once I'm done done with kindergarten, I'm going to find me a wife. <laughs> All right, since I'm done with kindergarten, brother. All right. Um, Le- <laughs> Lynette, age nine, um, said, you know, in, in response to this question, is it better to be single or married? Okay. Um, Lynette said, it's better for girls to be single, but not for boys. Boys need somebody to clean up after time. <laughs> Pretty funny. Pretty true. Pretty true. Amen or me, right, brother? Um, uh, Kenny, age seven, said, it gives me a headache to think about that stuff. I'm just a kid. I don't need that kind of trouble. Uh, (laughs) Love that answer. Might be my favorite one. Um, Only a couple. Harlan, age eight, in response to kids' thoughts on love and why it happens between two particular people, says, I I think you're supposed to get shot with an arrow or something, but the rest of it isn't supposed to be so painful. (laughs) That's a good answer. That's good. And then the question, what's falling in love like? Leo H seven. If falling in love is anything like learning how to spell, I don't want to do it. It takes too long. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Y'all have a lot of fun if you if you um if you'll just kinda of go there like you'll go down a ra- another rabbit hole. Like I missed you, you you just will you'll find so many good ones. But uh nonetheless, I, I I'm reminded of some of the funny things I've said um, you know, to, to couples. I, I think I probably said to Jimmy and Candace. Um, you know if i did if i didn 't I meant to i 'll say it now to you, but uh, a lot of times I'll tell, i 'll uh, tell a lot of times i 'll tell the couples to look at each other and i 'll say he won 't always be that good looking and she won 't always be that pretty all right You still want to get married you know well, i don 't know if I might have told you guys that too i don 't know if I did or not, but uh, but you can get some pretty funny funny answers sometimes, but this idea of, of love and and again, we could use so many illustrations. Um, so many songs have been sung about love. It seems like almost every song is about that, unless it's a country song. Then it's going to be about other things. You know, but um, and losing my house and you know, we go fishing and stuff like that, right? Um, that's why you play isn't that the old saying. You play a country song backwards. You get back your house and your dog and your wife. All right, anyway. Um, but Mark 12. I, I, I'm, I'm hating on it, but I, I like it too. Uh, Mark 12, verse 30. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And so, the the idea that Jesus is getting getting at here is that we should love the Lord completely. Right. I mean, everything. You know, there has been arguments, and you know, not arguments necessarily, but that's the wrong word. But a lot of, you know, uh, more definitely smarter people than than myself have uh, you know studied this. Okay, theologians. And they'll say that you know the heart soul mind strength and they'll try to you know put it in different categories and that it means different things and, and I'll make a little bit of reference to that but I think to me the gist is completely with everything you have with everything you have and, and when you when you feel like you're not loving the Lord completely then you know God I'm sorry you know uh, and so uh, and I got to thinking about this and, and I've talked about this before and we got you know a couple coaches in the house and, and teachers you know I think that you will all agree that you know if your students or athletes know that you love them right? man they'll bust down the wall for you you know uh, they'll, they'll fight for you and because it's, it's easier to love someone who truly loves us back right and and, and while that while again it, it may be obvious I can't I can't continue on the the into the sermon if we don't recognize the love that God has shown us right so we you know and, and we sang about it and, and although the didn't you know something's wrong with the, with the actual sound um, and we sang about many songs earlier that, that Sally led us in but the love of God the love of God see we, we we're going to talk about us loving God but, but before we get there I think we have to talk about His love amen because um, when we truly and we and, and really just get grasp our hearts to, to think that God sent His Son His only Son. Right? And, he, and Jesus had to leave the greatness of heaven, the splendor of heaven, to come to earth right? in a dirty stable. Like, he he did that. And again, and, and, and we and we say this a lot, but, but I think we just have to continue to remind ourselves and preach ourselves the gospel sometimes. Amen? And remind ourselves that God didn't have to do that. Okay? But that's the way that God chose to send his son. And, and I wouldn't send my daughters for you. I love you. Right, but I wouldn't send my daughters for you. I'm sorry. Okay, I, I, I prefer them over you. Okay, Just be honest. right? But, he, but God said, I'm going to send my son. And then Jesus went all the way to the cross, completely and early to the cross, to the point of death for us, okay. to die for us. I mean, I don't think anybody here would do that, right? I don't think anybody here would, would give their children for, for other people, but God did. So he is, and I wrote down here this morning, and my handwriting's awful, but I, you know I was excited. Uh, it Says so he is worthy of our love and honor and devotion and praise. Hallelujah, amen. And so, because of that great love for us, we we love him back. Amen. And that's what that's what Jesus said is the greatest is the go commandment. All right, the Lord is one. All right, we have a covenant relationship with Him. All right, and we love Him with everything we have. And, and, and I do want to just kind of specifically look at those parts. Heart, I think it could kind of, it's the seat of emotions, you know, your, your will, the will and your deepest convictions, affections, right? Um, you know, uh, it may be, maybe you shed a tear, maybe you don't, right? But it's that, or the soul is the spirit, the immaterial part of a person's being, like in your soul, in your spirit. And, and mind is, is intelligence, you know and reason and, and i'm so i'm so thankful that we don't have a a mindless faith i mean it, it doesn't make sense sometimes that god would do that for us but um, there's a whole stu- a whole series of study called apologetics you know about the de- defending of our faith okay which is really really awesome and then strength our will how a person uses abilities and powers that they have and our energies okay? and so i i thought through that i'm like you know some questions that you could ask for each one is heart, you know, do, do you feel love for God? And sometimes you're not always going to feel that way. And uh, like I mentioned last week, you're not always going to want to get up and, and read your Bible and pray, but do it anyway. Do it anyway. Or, or soul, does your spirit resonate with the Lord? Or mind, again, I'm thankful that Christianity isn't mindless. And then strength, are you devoting your abilities and power to the Lord? But really, it's, it's just a simple do you love the Lord completely? That's it. And, and while I, yeah, I broke it down and others will say to do that, and I, you know and so I did, but I think really the, the gist of it is do you love the Lord completely? Or or do you sort of love Him? Do, do you kind of love Him? Do, do you love Him some of the time? Maybe just on Sundays. Hmm? See, this is total devotion of to one's entire being. Tony Evans said, it's one thing to claim that you love God. It's another thing to demonstrate it through everything you think, say, and do. That's a challenge. And I'm sure that we'll, you know, including your pastor, I fall short of that. But I want to strive and hope that it be your heart's desire as well as we start this new year. See, Jesus says the greatest commandment is that the Lord is one. We should love the Lord our God completely, and we should love others as ourselves. Number three. In verse 31, the second is, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. Recall that the scribe asked Jesus what he thought the greatest commandment was, and Jesus actually combined two. Uh, and and this was a, a first, and it was brilliant that he did this. Um, why should we be surprised at all? I mean, it is God in the flesh speaking here, right? So Jesus repeats a Shema. He says, listen, Shema, and then he adds that we should love others. But doesn't this make perfect sense? I mean, if we truly love God, we will naturally love others, won't we? All right? As Tony Evans said, again, I love Tony Evans. said, Jesus connected the vertical love of God okay, with the horizontal love, love for others. See, the two necessarily go together. To love God, he says, is to passionately pursue His glory with your total being. To love your neighbor is to decide to compassionately and rightly seek his or her well-being, even when they get on your nerves. Amen. I'm just wondering. All right, You don't get on your nerves. Man. I'm just messing with you. All right. You know, and, and and while we say it sometimes, you know, uh, I don't always, I mean, it's true. I, I don't always um, like my students, their behavior, right, teachers, but I love them. I love them. Okay? I don't always like what they're doing that day, okay, but I have love for them. And so to love our neighbors, decide to compassionately and righteously seek his or her well-being. Read with me First John 4, 10 and 11. It says, love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us, and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. He loved us first, Amen. Dear friends, if God loves us in this way, we must also love one another. It's, it's it's simple, you know. We we can't say we love God and not love people made in His image, but we do. Time and time and in, in our history, can you know? And, and I am proud to be an American. Proud to be an American. Or at least I can sing Lee Greenwood, right? But but we can we also admit that we messed up as a country, yeah. We, we we have messed up. There's been time and time again when we we have not loved people because they look a different way than us. Right? I mean, no matter what the differences may be, right? We we, we like to judge. We, we do it all the time. We think we say things like, I, "I don't like that person for this reason or another." But as as Christians, we we are still called to love them. Amen. In fact, listen to more what John says in in First John chapter four, verses twenty and twenty-one. It says, "If anyone says," I love God and yet hates his brother or sister he is a liar I can't speak any better now right uh, for the person who does not love his brother or sister whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen and we had this command from him the one who loves God must also love his brother and sister these are these are some sober very serious somber words I think it's the word I was trying to go, go with there James Edward says for Jesus love fulfills the law Love for God releases the love of God. Let me repeat that. Love for God releases the love of God. Yeah. It's not our knowledge, guys. It's 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 not our knowledge as far as uh what's going to win people to Christ and, and advance the kingdom and spread the gospel and have more people up in heaven rejoicing. Amen. It's not it's it's not our knowledge that's gonna do that. Okay, there's a lot of very knowledgeable people in the world. Again, a whole lot smarter than I'll ever be. That knowledge is not going to win people to Christ. You know, me getting up every morning and trying to have a quiet time, while that's that's what I believe we should do as Christians. We should want to spend time with God, whatever time of the day you want to. But it's it's not our, our devotion that's going to win people to Christ. It's our love. It's our love. Read to me and, and I think I added it it here just a while ago, but turn me turn to it here. John chapter thirteen, verse thirty five. Let me start in verse thirty-four, so it's not going to be up there, Caitlin. Okay, that's okay. I give you a new command: love one another. This is Jesus talking. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. And then verse thirty-five: By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That that's how we will be known. That's why I'll, that's how we'll be identified. I yeah, mean, I, I can I can remember um, making my guys wear wear ties, you know, on game day, certain ties, and then and then we wore. We wore the uh, little jumpsuits, you know, had Trojans on them, and, and it was a way to identify that they, those guys right there—oh, they're, they're, they're basketball players. How, how do people know that we are Christians? By our love, by our love—not again, not not by not by our devotion or our knowledge or any other thing, but by our love for other people. We can't we can't say we love God and we don't love others, guys. Amen. Amen or oh me, some people, uh, old oh, uh, brother you should say. And then Romans thirteen eight through 10. I think Sally may have read, read this earlier. Do not owe anything, anyone, except to love one another. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and any other commandment are summed up by this commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Love therefore is the fulfillment of the law. And it's, you see the central statement up there again. J. Vernon McGee, anybody familiar with him? J. Vernon McGee, great great old pastor back in the day. He said this, friend, may I say again, as we conclude, he said, friend, may I say again, because if you don't measure up to loving God with all your heart and understanding and soul and strength and to loving your neighbor as yourself, then you need a Savior. He said it pretty hard, point blank. Turn to Him, he says, and I encourage you to do the same notice at the end of that scripture it says that you're not far from the kingdom Did y'all catch that it's not up there Kalin so it's okay but let me read it it says um, the scribe agreed with Jesus, which is interesting right because like I told you before so many of the scribes that we've mentioned so far have disagreed with Jesus not this guy he had pure intentions Jesus gave him gave him the answer the goat, the the uh, the goat commandment the greatest of all time and then he describes says you're right teacher you have correctly said that you, you everything you say I, you're correct I agree and then verse 34 says when Jesus saw the answered wisely he said to him you are not far from the kingdom of God and I, I, I wish I knew what happened to that guy you know what I mean it's like it's like the cliffhanger movie or book and you don't know what's gonna or or, or they leave you hanging right they just leave you hanging there and you don't know what so I don't know what happened to that guy I like to think that maybe he he he, he gave us he, he recognized Jesus as Lord. I, I I'm hoping, you know. I don't know, but you know, you're here today, and 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 you know, if you've ever made that decision, if you've ever done that, if you ever recognize that Jesus is God, that that Jesus died in your place. See, not far from the kingdom means that he or she is facing. Truth, honestly, and it's not just going along with what others think or what they hear. Again, as we close today, I want to ask that question: Have you ever done that? See, first off, I think we have to to identify what is the truth. All right, what's that old movie? You know, the old Tom Cruise, you know? What is the truth? Or, or then old Jack says, "You can't handle the truth." Right? That's the truth. A lot of people can't handle it. You know? Have you ever handled it yourself? See, first off, again, what is the truth? John, John 14, 6, Jesus John 14, 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So as we start this new year, do you know him? Okay. Have you placed your trust and faith in what Jesus did on the cross as counting for you? Right. If you have never done that, I ask that you'll do that today. All right. And if you have, I, I, pray, I pray that we will all... We, those of us who made that decision will will strive to love the Lord our God completely. Amen? All right? That's a great scripture to memorize, by the way. Okay? Um, to, to bind them as a sign in your hand. Let them be a symbol on your forehead. To write them on the doorposts of your house and on your city gates. Okay? Can, can, can we say, hey, everything, all right, I'm going to let everybody know uh, I'm a child of God. All right? All right? I can identify. All right? My guy, everyone knew who was on my basketball team, we should make it obvious that we're on Christ's team. Amen? All right? So as we ask, uh, uh, Sally's going to come up and lead us in a prayer, um, song.